Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Goforth, PGA professional at Cross Creek Golf Club and owner of Go Forth Golf Instruction. So I've made my transition over to Cross Creek. It's been an exciting transition. I'm really loving it over there. Thank you to all the members who have come up to me so far and show me your support and introduced yourself to me. Still meeting a lot of people. A long way to go on that. and, and But just super, super excited about being there, the potential and the great things that can happen there and just growing the game of golf and and just putting excitement into that golf club and into all your lives. So thank you for allowing me to be your head golf professional at Cross Creek. And, and again, just looking forward to all the wonderful things we have in store uh, coming down the road here. Had a great send-off from Willow Creek. Thank you so very much to all the staff and the members there that that sent me out with well wishes and, and gifts, and I really do appreciate that. I was I was taken back a little bit. I were uh, they kind of sprung a surprise party on me. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was starting to see some people wander into the golf shop, and I was like, "What are you doing here? And why are you here?" And then all of a sudden, everybody went missing. I'm like, "Wait a minute, what what's going on here?" And uh, Debbie, our grill manager, she asked me to come over and help her in the grill with something. And I looked in the room. I was like, well, the lights are out in the banquet room. So maybe they just, uh, you know, maybe they just all left. And then she opened the side door to the banquet room and there everybody stood and surprised me and had a cake for me. And, uh, and, uh, Tommy uh, McIntyre, love you to death. Tommy got up and said a lot of great words and, uh, it really meant a lot to me. So, Thank you so much uh, to everybody there. Just very moving and very, uh, very inspirational. That, that knowing that I, I've touched the lives of everyone there in a positive way, and that's you know, of course, all I ever want to do. So, thank you so very much again. I, I can't thank you enough for all the wonderful things you've said to me and done for me during my time there at Willow Creek. And again, like I've said before, this is not goodbye. I'm going to see all of you. I'm going to come out and make visits. You can come see me, and, and we'll we'll definitely see each other and stay in touch with one another. And thank you to the ownership. Thank you to Eric for you know allowing me to uh, to continue to be the head golf professional there at Willow Creek all those years. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful uh, time there. So I really do appreciate him and, and uh, the opportunity he's given me. So I wanted to thank everybody again. And and again, just very, very blessed and very excited about where things are going. Before we get into this absolutely fantastic interview that I did with Kyle Alderink from the Mental Golf Type, I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on with the PGA Tour. Since you've heard me last, we've had a lot of tournaments take place. We had Hideki Matsuyama won the Zozo Championship. We had Lucas Herbert, he took the Bermuda Championship. Victor Hovland, a great win at the Worldwide Technology Championship. And then, of course, just recently, this past weekend, as I'm recording this, Jason Kokrak took the Houston Open, an impressive win. He played really good coming down the stretch on that golf tournament. He really battled the nerves and, and come out on top on that. So congratulations to all those players for their victories. We have some really good tournaments coming down the pipeline here. We have the RSM Classic taking place at Sea Island Golf Club. That's going to be this coming weekend, as I'm recording this, the 15th through the 21st this week. And then they're going to take a little bit of break for Christmas, and then they come back in January, January 3rd. It's going to be at Kapalua. 
for the Century Tournament of Champions, and then the Sony Open in Hawaii, January 10th through the 18th. So a lot of really fun tournaments taking place out west. Cannot wait to watch these beautiful golf courses. As you know, these golf courses are absolutely beautiful, and I always enjoy these guys playing over there. As far as the current FedEx Cup standings, I'm going to break down your top 10 or list your top 10. Coming in at number 10 is Maverick McNeely, tied for eight. Rory McIlroy and Lucas Herbert, seventh place. You got Jason Kokrak. He made that huge jump. He was like 188th until he won that tournament. He's all the way up to seventh now. Coming in to number six spot, Matthew Wolf. At number five, Max Homa. At number four is Victor Hovland. Three is Hideki Matsuyama. Number two, Sung J.M. And the number one spot at the top of those FedEx Cup standings, Sam Burns. Having a really good year so far, Sam is. And as, as we go throughout the season, I'm going to be updating you on the FedEx Cup point standings. Let's talk about some of these tournaments. If you have any questions, anything you want to hear about these golf tournaments as we go through the PGA Tour season, please send me a message on social media. Shoot me an email at sgoforth at pga.com. Go out there and find me on Twitter at GoForthGolfInstruction. On my Instagram page, it's sgoforth underscore PGA. And, of course, Go Forth Golf Instruction on Facebook. Would love to hear your feedback. Would love to hear anything you want me to talk about in regards to the PGA Tour or anything for that matter. You know, reach out to me. That's what this is about. I want to interact with you guys as much as possible. Coming up on the final two episodes of this year, I'm going to talk about some really good stuff, some things that are going to really help improve your golf game. I know I've kind of gotten away from the tips. I've done some interviews for the most part for the last few episodes. So I want to close out the year giving you some really good tips. So next episode, I'm going to talk about how do you hit the ball off the sweet spot more? That's something that a lot of golfers struggle with. They either hit it off a toe or heel. Maybe they hit it on the bottom. Maybe they hit it at the top of the club face. But how can we make contact with that sweet spot a little bit more consistently. And I'm going to dive into that and give you some tips on how to do that. As you know, when you get that flush hit, it comes off the center of the club face. Man, it's just a great feeling. And not only are you going to get distance, but you get exceptional feel, especially if you're playing forged irons. I mean, it's just even better. It's like butter coming off of there. So definitely want to stay tuned for that. And then the other topic I'm going to talk about is how do you hit your wedge shots closer to the pin? You may have hit that fantastic drive. You're within wedge but you don't get it anywhere near the cup. So I'm going to talk about how can we really dial in those wedges, get them closer to the hole, make those birdie putts, or maybe you need to make a par save. Maybe you missed a green regulation and you need to get up and down for par. Maybe you just laid up on a par five and we're going to go for birdie. Let's knock that thing tight. But it's something I've been wanting to touch on and it's something that a lot of golfers struggle with. I mean, we all struggle with it at some point in time, right? I mean, we Sometimes our, our wedges feel dialed in. Sometimes they're just off the planet. So how to hit your wedge shots closer to the pin. I'm going to talk about that along with how to hit the sweet spot of your clubs a little bit more often. And those two things kind of go hand in hand. I mean, if you're hitting off the sweet spot, maybe you can hit your golf ball closer to the pin. So they go hand in hand there a little bit. So you don't want to miss that episode. It's going to drop on December 1st, that first Wednesday in December. We'll have one more episode that will drop after that, which will be on December 15th. And that will be the last episode of 2021. We'll go into 2022, a brand new season, kicking off with some great topics and even better interviews coming into next year. So very, very excited about it. And again, I greatly, greatly appreciate 
your support. Cannot do this without you guys. This is why I do this podcast. It's for you. I want to help you improve your game. I want to help grow the game of golf overall. And again, the whole reason for doing this podcast is to inspire you, to entertain you, to educate you. And uh, I hope I'm doing that for you. So again, I I can't thank you enough for your support and uh, hitting that play button. No matter what you're doing in your life, whether you're driving down the road, whether you're working out, whether you're doing some chores around the house, maybe you're sitting at the office doing some work and you got the earbuds in. However you're listening to this, thank you. And uh, I want to continue to entertain you. So please feel free to reach out and and let me know of any topic you want to hear me talk about on this podcast. When I do my listener questions, please flood my inbox with questions. That's the whole point of it is really interacting with you more on a personal level. And of course, feel like you can come up to me anytime at the golf shop at Cross Creek or give me a call at the golf shop at Cross Creek. Let's talk golf and let me know what you want to hear on the podcast. So again, I've got an absolutely fantastic guest with Kyle Alderink diving deep into the mental game. I was very excited about bringing this interview to you because I want to help not only the physical aspect, your swing plane, your swing mechanics, but I want to help you think better, prepare better for this game. Don't fast forward. Don't skip this interview. You want to hear this. Kyle has some really good tips. He is an absolute genius when it comes to the mental aspect side of the game. Done a lot of training. He's going to talk about some things that's going to really be a light bulb moment for you. So keep listening. Enjoy the interview because you will not be disappointed. So without further ado, let's jump right into episode number 31. Let's tee it up. Oh, he got all of that one. If you want to take control of your health and feel so much better, I encourage you to check out Pure on Main. They have two locations on Main Street in downtown Greenville across from the Hyatt and another location on Cannon Street in beautiful downtown Greer. Pure on Main provides you with essential services and products allowing you to live a healthier more fulfilling life. Pure on Main is one of the most exclusive and unique health and wellness centers in the upstate. They've been nominated as one of Greenville's best wellness centers for five consecutive years. Do you want to improve your endurance, increase your mobility in your golf swing, or get rid of joint pains? I can assure you Betsy and her staff are passionate about helping you improve your life. They have stores filled with beneficial items for your body and your soul. They also provide services such as colon hydrotherapy, massage therapy, ionic foot detox, and wellness consulting. Pure on Main is dedicated to helping and serving their community. Please give them a call and let them recommend top-of-the-line products that are results-driven. I get all of my wellness supplements from them, and I feel amazing. Visit their website at pureonmain.com. Again, that's pureonmain.com, where you can purchase their phenomenal products, or you can visit their downtown locations in Greenville and Greer. So what are you waiting for? Start living healthier and pure with the help of Pure on Maine. You won't regret it. I'm pleased to have as my guest for this episode, Kyle Alderink. Kyle is the operating partner for The Mental Golf Type. Now, what is The Mental Golf Type? It is a company that really focuses on a golfer's personality. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Are you an intuitive golfer? Or are you a sensory golfer? You may be asking yourself, what in the world is an intuitive golfer and a sensory golfer? Well, Kyle's going to explain that a little bit more. It is extremely fascinating because you can figure out what type of personality you are 
And then once you understand what personality you are, you can not only play the game better, but practice the game better as well. You've probably seen one of those personality types. Maybe you've taken one where it tells you what your personality is like, how you can get along with your coworkers, your family members better, or maybe just understand yourself better and how you tick. That's what the mental golf type is about as well. And it, but it relates it to the game of golf. It gives you the opportunity to practice better and then take that practice to the golf course and play better at the same time. It is absolutely fascinating what they're doing. I had a really good conversation with Kyle. He dives into what it's all about. How do you go and get tested on their website and figure out which one you are? Again, whether you're an introvert, whether you're an extrovert, whether you're an intuitive, whether you're sensory. He also gives you some examples of PGA Tour players who may be that intuitive golfer who, or who may be that sensory golfer, and then it helps you relate to that a lot better. I really suggest that you continue listening to this interview because it's helping me already, and it's going to help me pass this along to my students as well. Because as we know, the mental game is just as important as the physical aspect of the game as well little background on Kyle. He was selected by Golf Digest as one of the top teachers under the age of 40. He's one of the brightest young minds in golf instruction right now and also a, P a fellow PGA professional. So without further ado, let's bring in Kyle Alderink from Mental Golf Type. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. I, I greatly appreciate your time. How are you today? I'm doing great. Um, you know, it's where I'm, where I come from, it's usually like 40, 30 degrees this time of year. And it was like 75 today. So I'm feeling good. Oh, I, you can, Hey, listen, you can't go wrong when you uh, have unseasonably warm weather, especially for golf, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. If we could, how'd you get started sure. as a golf instructor and, and a mental game expert? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of a, kind of a long road there, but, um, I, I always knew this, this dates like really back to, you know, even as like a high school player, um, you know, I've told the story a few times, but you know, when I, when I was a high school player, I, I came from a town that just golf really wasn't a thing. It was, you know, football, basketball, and that's pretty much it. Baseball a little bit, a uh, very small town in Michigan and, you know, being a golfer and being someone who really was starting to get into the game and, and, you know, and doing well with it there, there, I was like the only one. So, you know, I had a high school coach that didn't know much about the game. He was his first year when I was uh, a freshman in high school. And, you know, he got to the point where he's like, you kind of know what you're doing. Like, can you help these guys out a little bit, you know, help the other players. Um, and so I did, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I had a lot of fun of trying to help and coach and the feeling I had. And I always had really like just great experiences. Uh, I had an awesome coach myself and I just love the way that feel. I love the help. I love to kind of solve puzzles that way. So I just, I knew from almost the beginning that, you know, coaching was something I really wanted to do. I even coached basketball through college to kind of pay my bills and, and things like that. I coached AAU, I coached middle school team. So I just always love to coach and to help people perform and to just overall be better people. Um, transitioning and I went to the golf game in America I started mentoring under people and um you know I like everybody else I got into the game as you know swing was key uh it was everything you know where the positions of the club were how good it looked I mean that's that's what I knew uh, was how to put people on video and how to break swings down and and again I, I really enjoyed that piece of it like you know really solving the puzzle of the swing helping players hit it better but 
I am somebody who is constantly evaluating, you know, everything, you know, is this working? Is it not working? Um, and I just got to a point where I'm like, you know, this, these swings are looking good. They're hitting it well in the range, but I'm, I'm just not seeing the performance level the way I thought. So, you know, then I started getting into some more mental game things. I started reading everything I could get my hands on and about how our minds should work and how we should really operate in that sense. Um, and a lot of the stuff I was reading was resonating with me, which I'll explain why that's important in a little bit. But, you know, again, it was kind of like split 50-50 where, you know, some of it was helping people and some was actually where I was kind of taking them out of some things and it was actually not helping them. But at that point, I didn't know any better. So I was just like, oh, they're not committing to this, yada, yada. But so again, to fast forward, I was fortunate to be introduced to um, my, you know, my partner in this, who's the creator. Um, and I think this is going to go down as one of the greatest discoveries in, in the game, to be honest with you. But, you know, John Weir, who's my partner, um, he just kind of started to show me, he's like, look, dude, everybody's wired a little bit different. And it started showing me some of his personality traits and how people operate. And like, as he was saying this, like, I'm just going through the Rolodex of like all these students and players and you know, some like, oh my gosh, like that just makes so much sense. And he was showing me the link between like personality type and um, stress, which is a huge one, essentially like the stress and the things the body goes through and how that actually is what's breaking the swing down or how it can affect performance. Um, so I just, I mean, I just geeked out and I just went crazy and I just bug, bugged him to death to know more. And, you know, studying this, this was probably five or six years ago, Mike Bender introduced us. And, you know, we kept in touch throughout the scenes and I just kept learning and learning and learning. And then I started to actually research it more with the focus band. And I just started, everything started to hold true. And I was just like, holy cow. And it just, it just shifted my entire way of thinking when I was just validating like different ways of doing things. And essentially the stuff that went completely against what I was teaching, like how that was actually helping some people you know, I don't know if you know much about the folks band, but get into that like really green state on that, which is essentially just a calm, relaxed state of awareness, which is where we're, we're at our best. So again, long story, but you know, I've always loved to coach and this is like at a deeper level, just understanding how people truly operate and some things that just, I would have never thought that would affect performance the way they do. Um, so it's been a, it's been a really cool journey and the findings and, and stuff. And I just love to talk about it and share about it because it's such a big discovery. Oh, absolutely. And I was absolutely fascinated with uh, the concept. I mean, you're right. Everybody's different. And sometimes we, we think that people think the way we do when it comes to strategy or thinking around the golf course, so there should be one set way that you should think going around the golf course or, or practicing, but that's not the case. And that's what I absolutely love about what, what you're doing. The name of your company is the mental golf type. Just explain this company and and, and how it can help golfers tap into their best game. And, and again, that's the key word, their best game, because not everybody's the same, like you mentioned. Right. Yeah. I mean, essentially it's an assessment tool and then it's, you know, programs that are, are directed, you know, and tailored to those specific personalities. Um, so we do have a free assessment right on our website and people can go take it. I think you said you took it, right? Yes. Yeah. So did you find that it was accurate? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm an extrovert. And uh, if you go on there, you'll see there's a category of uh, ENFJ, uh, which comes out to be, I believe, the competitive teacher. And mm -hmm. I am an extrovert. And so, yeah, I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head with me. And uh, 
And now it's a matter of going in and, and evaluating that more. You know, if somebody goes on there and takes that test, explain how that works. I mean, they, they determine by taking the test what they are, but then what happens from there? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because the way we we set the, the assessment up is we did it in two stages, as I'm sure you know, going through it. Mm-hmm. So we ask a series of questions. And again, it only takes a couple minutes to go through. But we ask a series of questions based on like your golf course preferences. But then we use a verification tool of more like, what are your actual, you know, gifts or qualities in life? Mm-hmm. And the fascinating thing is, is we found, I think we're at like 94% of teeters a little bit. It's in that mid 90% of people that have taken the assessment, which is somewhere around 8,000, 9,000 assessments already. Um, 94% of people answer differently. So what that tells us is that a lot of people are, whether it's, you know, being taught to do things a certain way, or they think they should do things a certain way on the golf course that actually go against what their natural life qualities are. And that's where we see a lot of struggle with performance of, you know, a, um, a sensor player trying to act like an intuitive or, you know, vice versa, or, you know, an extroverted person kind of thinking that, you know, that Hollywood type focus of the intense stare, the Tiger Woods type stare um, is good. And that's what focus really is when essentially it's not, <laughs> you know, what extroverts might are a lot clearer and a lot more focused and a lot more calm when they're, you know, when they're talking and they're goofing off sometimes. And yeah, uh, you know, to give you an example of myself, like I, as anyone, I think my age, I was, I idolized Tiger Woods because he was it. He was the goat. Um, and you wanted to kind of follow everything he did. I wanted to swing like him. I wanted to act like him on the course. And it was always so cool to see him with his arms folded and just that intense stare. And you're like, that's what that's gotta be. Yeah. But I just, I just never performed well when I tried to do that. My best rounds were always when I was again, just kind of shooting the breeze with the other players in the group and um, you know, doing things a little more creatively and out of, out of the norm. Like it just went totally against that. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. There's been a lot of times I've been, you know, playing in a, in a tournament and if I'm talking out loud, calling the shot, I guess you could say, Hey, I'm going to take this over the tree with a slight cut. You know, I think it's going to be good. And, and speaking it out loud, whether it was, you know, to the caddy or whether it was to my playing partner or whoever, or to myself, I was a lot more successful. And, uh, it, it, it's, it was amazing to me how talking it out, I was able to do it better. Same thing with teaching a student. I can sit there and, and walk in and, and tell a student, okay, this is how I want you to hit this shot. You know, you're going to attack the ball from this particular angle, finish over here, and boom, you do it. And I've been amazed at how many times I'm able to replicate what I'm talking out loud. And then listening to your concept, it makes total sense. I mean, I have some absolutely spooky stuff like the extrovert introvert one is just still like the most crazy to me i mean i can mm-hmm. tell you story after story of just what i've seen with that particular like i for, i'll give you an example like caddy for one of my uh, corn fairy guys in a monday qualifier and i just said our only goal is gonna we're gonna go out here and just talk out your shot now granted he was on track in the day before hitting it terrible i'm like this it's <laughs> gonna be a rough day but i was like you know what let's go out let's talk out every single shot I just want you to essentially verbalize where's your start zone? What's the ball going to do every single shot, every single putt, let's commit to it every single time. And we'll see where we end up. And he went out there and he had nine birdies and one bogey and wow. one qualifier. Wow. And, I mean, and again, it's just like, it wasn't anything crazy. He's just like, I can just do that. And it was interesting because in the actual event, it was out here in, uh, in Knoxville 
on the first day on the last hole, he hit a shot. They got just a, a bad kick. It hit the uh, car path, which was just off the fairway and it kicked behind the scoreboard and left him. I think it was like 137 yards in, give or take a few. And he didn't move it. And everybody's in the crowd is kind of like, Ooh, why did he move? He's one of the last groups. So there's a decent sized crowd watching the finish. And everyone's like, why is he not moving? Why is he not moving? And he hauls off and hits it to about six feet and then makes the putt for birdie to finish. <laughs> and wow. after I just kind of grabbed him, I was like, Hey, Jordan, you know, you can move that. Right. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I said, yeah, you didn't want to. And he goes, dude, I saw my perfect, like just flight over that thing. He's like, I knew if I hit it over the scoreboard, it was perfect. And I was like, that's brilliant. Cause that's, that's kind of a way we've practiced. Like I haven't practiced hitting through like field goals, like a football field goal mm-hmm. to see his shot. And he's like, it was my perfect field goal. And I just thought that was really interesting and, and on point with that. But, you know, that entire event, same thing. I mean, you could just see him like his lips moving before every, every shot, which was, which was cool. What I think is neat about uh, this concept is it seems to be, it seems to parallel those personality type tests that you can take, you know, how you can find out what personality type you are, what your coworkers are, maybe what your family and friends are to kind of help you get along better or, or to uh, relate to someone better but, you know, with this, what you're doing and what you're teaching, it's really helping people, you know, relate to their golf game better, right? I guess, and, 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 and knowing how to get along with their golf game better, the same way one of these personality tests would help someone get along with the people around them better. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's knowing kind of what to listen to. Yeah. Um, and what information you're going to tailor to, because at the end of the day, it's just what can you do calmly and confidently? And in a lot of settings, and I'm so guilty of this throughout my career is teaching people to do things the way I thought they should be done that might not have fit them. Mm -hmm. The other crazy thing is though, is this, like we can link this directly to, you know, if a, if a player is using, we'll call it their inferior functions of their personality, their inferior functions of their mind, that is going to lead to. Um, an overactive mind is going to lead to stress and it's going to lead to a breakdown of performance. I mean, it becomes almost scarily predictable. So again, back to the extrovert example, I mean, you can almost bank on it that if an extrovert is struggling or they're upset, they're going to get quiet. They're going right. to start doing kind of some things against their natural. They're going to get very internal. The problem is with extroverts, when they get internal, it gets very cluttered. And that's essentially what that function really is. It's like just how we organize our thought and it's an energy source. So as extroverts, we get energized and we get very clear. Like you said, when you talk things out, you can do it. Mm-hmm. When we get internal, <laughs> that's when things can probably get pretty iffy um, and vice versa for introverts. I mean, Tiger Woods is a perfect introvert example when he's kind of in his own peaceful world. I mean, he was somebody who meditated and just like he was a very internal person. But when he got upset or he got stressed, you would see him lash out. Now it's kind of like the chicken or the egg too. Like you can, you can do that and that can create issues too. So like just an extrovert intentionally being quiet, like I was trying to do be Tiger Woods, like that was actually be creating harm. That was using an inferior function of my mind. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, because again, this is a question that a lot of people ask is like, well, if, what if I'm a little bit of both of these, like, and you know, that happens a lot. Like people will be like, oh, I'm a little bit of this, but like these facets of our mind are kind of like dexterity. So you know, we have a dominant and a non-dominant. So it's like being right-handed, left-handed. So I'm dominant extrovert, but I still have introverted qualities. There's still things I do introverted. 
but we want to tap into that dominant and a good way to think about that is like, if you're using your inferior functions. So if you're an extrovert playing as an introvert or you're an intuitive playing as a sensor, it's kind of like playing left-handed. I mean, you can do it and you can learn to do it, but it's always going to create this little underlying stress that's going to kind of hold you back from being in your optimal state of mind, which is again, essentially just this relaxed sense of awareness. Um, you know, what, what we'll call the zone. It's just a lack of stress. Let's talk about that uh, intuitive golfer and sensory golfer for a second. You've mentioned that. Explain what that is to the listener. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, this is our perception and focus. So there's two ways of really focusing our mind. Um, intuition, which is essentially kind of a foresight of the future and then kind of working backwards off of that. And then intuitives typically have a much broader picture of things versus sensors or sensory players um, are more of what we'll call an instruction manual. Like they really like to know the steps to create the result. So the result doesn't make sense or the result can be a stressor if they don't have the pieces to do it, like a recipe or, um, you know, trying to build a piece of furniture, but not knowing the steps to do it type mm -hmm. thing. So they're really good when they have the, you know, if I do one and I do two, that'll equal three. And so they're working kind of from the beginning backwards where intuitives are always working from, you know, backwards back in. Um, so sensors are the, the more narrow focused people. They're really good when they don't have too much uh, detail, I guess it's like that specific narrow focus where the intuitives are really good with, you know, a broader focus. So like a good way to think about that is intuitives to give you some kind of, to be able to put a picture behind this, like an intuitive player would be like your Bubba Watson, mm -hmm. right. Who doesn't know much about the actual technical pieces of the swing. And we'll just get up there and hit big draws, fades and kind of work the ball. You know, he's working off of what the ball is going to do and just going off of that. Right. And I mean, essentially that's what, let's be honest, that's what most sports psychology teaches is just be target oriented and reactionary to the target. The problem is, is, you know, there's only, only about 20, 25% of the population is intuitive, mm -hmm. which is very interesting. Right. I would think it would be more, I would think it'd be more than that. That's interesting. Right. I mean, most of your player, most of people are more of the sensory based um, yeah. type people. And you put a golfer behind it, like Xander Shoffley, um, Justin Thomas, just rose. Like if you watch those players, they're actually always rehearsing a meticulous piece of their swing. And the fascinating thing is, is they hardly ever look at the target. Like Xander Shoffley looks at the target for maybe one second out of the 10 seconds he's over it consistently. So, I mean, you, that tells us he has more, what we call a player side focus, which is like, I need to do this to make the ball go here. And then it'll end up here, you mm -hmm. know, like basically get my takeaway here. The ball will take off over my intermediate spot. It will end up here. So they know they have that control and they get their peace of mind from, you know, if I do make this one move, you know, very prioritized, not complex, not crazy swing thought stuff, but just like, you know, if I set the club at the top, I'm going to hit it good every time. So it's like line up, set the top, hit it. Where again, mm -hmm. an intuitive is going to be more like, all right, I got to work it at that tree and then kind of like let it fade into the pin type thing. And then, then they rehearse like, this is what that fade feels like. Where again, mm -hmm. the sensor players are going to be like, well, I need to get the club here to get the ball to do that. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. So, for example, if you have a golfer set up over the ball, make an initial takeaway, like he's trying to put the club at the, in a particular position on the takeaway that's down the target line or outside or inside, he would be more of a sensory guy, you're saying? 
those are the ones like the sensors are the ones that do really well with that because it gives yeah. them gives them reassurance now where they where they start to struggle and this becomes super predictable jordan spieth is uh, is a good example um they start getting really uncomfortable and getting worried about where the ball can't go so their stressor becomes like you know there's out of bounds here there's water here and they start seeing too much but when they open up their perception and they get target oriented, they get kind of stressed because they're like, I don't know what's going to happen if they don't have their, their priority. They don't have their player side focus where an intuitive player actually will start to get away from target and they start to get too into the pieces of the swing. So I can tell you exactly like for a hundred percent of myself, especially as somebody who's coached mechanics for so long, like it's really hard for me to do that. You know, and I always know, like, if I step up and I just go, look, start it here and fade it, start it here and draw it, hit it low, whatever, and I just go do it, like, I'm always pretty good. But once I start catching myself watching video and track man numbers and stuff like that, next thing I know, I'm tinkering on my swing and I'm hitting it every which way. Yeah. And it's like, it's just my whole life. Like, I can remember rounds where I struggle so badly and I'm just sitting there, well, do I need my weight more left? Do I need my weight more right? And I got so far away from what the ball needs to do. So my mind's sitting there like, I, what do you want me to do? Like, I can't process this <laughs> is essentially what's happening. Where again, the sensor player, when they lose kind of faith in their, their move, like you hear Jordan Speed talk about all the time. Like, I don't, I don't know where the ball's going and that becomes a, a big stressor for them. Mm -hmm. So for the listener and this it's making total sense to them, they're like, okay, all right. I'm either an intuitive golfer or I'm a sensory golfer. They can go on your website, take this test, and figure out which one they are, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so we have a free assessment right on the website. And you know, the big thing I'll tell the listeners is just to be honest, there's no right or wrong way. And right. this is really the only reason like personality assessments get um, or people try to debunk them is because like people answer the way they think they should. They're not mm -hmm. answering very truthfully. And if you answer truthfully, again, there is no right or wrong. It's just, we're trying to find your best self. I mean, especially in the corporate world, right? So if yeah. the corporate world, somebody's going to go in there and they're going to answer the way they want the, bo the bosses think they should. So they get the job or whatever. Um, but here it's like, it's looking at this and being just very real. And I mean, we get messages daily just saying, holy cow, this is like so spot on it's spooky. Because again, this stuff is, is just really, really, predictable and and the power of this for the player is when you have these tools like you can catch yourself doing things uh immediately again just even the extrovert player just starting to get too quiet can start to um you know boil up stress we call it the boiling frog syndrome uh, essentially it's like that starts the water starts to get hotter and hotter and hotter sometimes until it's too late but if you can catch some of these things or again like even myself as an intuitive player, if I catch myself starting to get too into, I do this with putting more than anything. I start kind of really getting focused on, you know, the mechanics of the stroke. And I start, I mean, I can't get this ball to roll where I want it to, to save my life. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, I got to back up and I'm like, all right, like it's rolling through here, like this gate. And then in here with that speed. And I put my focus back on that. I can react regardless of what that looks like. I've always been a teacher for the most part of, uh, you know, teaching a student to aim at a small target. And if you miss that small target, then guess what? You're still going to hit your big target. For example, if you're throwing darts, you know, you're not aiming for the dartboard, you're aiming for the bullseye. And if you miss the bullseye, guess what? You still hit the dartboard. Same thing with having a small spot you're aiming at with your drive off your, off the tee box. You miss that spot. You still hit your fairway. 
But what I understand from you is, and that's very popular, but what I understand for you is that that could be detrimental to some golfers. Explain that to me. Yeah. For the intuitive golfers, that's usually a kiss of death um, because the smaller, more precise the target gets, the more they start trying to, we'll call it micromanage the swing. They start really trying to get particular with um, guiding the swing, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because they're trying to be so precise where intuitive players are really good is is in bigger zones. So, for example, um, you know, like layup shots, for example, you know, somebody's just got to hit an iron to a layup. I mean, a lot of times intuitive players are so precise with those because they just have this open field to hit to. But it's not like you're giving yourself this freedom to hit it everywhere. It's just you're just kind of opening up and swinging. just like the driving range for the most part. But you know, the sensor player on the other hand is, is the ones that are really good with that aim small, miss small, because it keeps their perception tighter, which is where they feel more comfortable. That's when they feel like they can hit that piece of their swing or their putting stroke and get it over that spot. But the intuitive players that, that becomes very harmful for, I mean, essentially that's what we do to ourselves when we're not playing well, we start to get more away from target more and more into just, you know, that precision. So you know, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times intuitives are better putting without the line in the ball. You know, they just kind of free up more and they can see bigger paths and bigger pictures. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk a lot about target zones with intuitive players. So like going back to the, what I was saying a little while ago, you know, hitting through a field goal. Because um, again, going back to this uh, sense of calm, you know, if I put this little field goal 20 yards in front of an intuitive player and say, can you hit it through there with, you know, draw, fade, whatever you like to hit, even straight ball, are you confident you can just rip it through there and they're like all day? And it's just like these pure, just perfect shots, like every time, because that becomes the task, just rip it through this zone. And again, I'm not talking like a 50, 60 yard big. I mean, it can get too big, obviously, but it's just opening that up a little more, creating more paths. So like even the intuitive player that like to like are really good with visualization, which not everybody is, but the ones that are really good, like visualizers, will see it more of like a big fat tracer on the ball, maybe, or something like that. But it's usually a bigger picture versus like a little, a little line or a little spot. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I've said many times, even in a pre-shot routine, you stand behind the ball, pick your target out. And I usually say, hey, pick a spot in front of the ball to get yourself lined up. See the shot. See that shot tracer in your mind. You know, step up, make a practice swing, see it again. Uh, maybe even visualize a target in your mind. You know, whatever works for, for, that, for that particular person. But I guess as an instructor, as a teacher, how do you know which one they are? Are they intuitive or are they sensory? You can't just walk up to them and say, hey, uh, Joe, are you an intuitive golfer or are you a sensory golfer? You know, how can – we bridge that, uh, I guess that gap and, and try to figure out how, what, which one they are. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, the, the easiest answer would be to have them take the assessment and just go, go through it with them, mm -hmm. uh, or just go through the result and just be like, is this, does this sound like you, but I'll give you, uh, one really, uh, easy one that John taught me before we had the assessment is we just call it a five and five drill. So have, you can have a player hit five balls, um, just focusing on your intermediate target, just like you instructed. And I would even kind of direct them to not look at the target as much, just set up to your spot, you know, focus on, you know, whatever you're working on in the swing, just, you know, if you hit that spot, can you hit it good? And then have them hit five like that, see the result, but also like, do you feel comfortable doing that? 
And then you do five where you're more eyes are up kind of focusing on the target. And again, I'm never saying like, don't, you can't have an intermediate target because that's a helpful aim tool. My, my thing is not getting so fixated on that where you lose track of like what you want the ball to do. Right. And that's, that's what can happen to some intuitive players is they get so focused on, you know, themselves a little spot in front of them. And they just, they get, they just can't get that clear idea of what they're trying to create. Mm-hmm. but and then so you have them hit five shots of just going okay you know let's pick a bigger kind of target zone to launch it into it could be between two trees you know you could put two alignment sticks you know 10 15 yards out in front of them and let's open that zone up a little let's get your eyes up for a little longer and then can you just hit it through there with you know typically some sort of shape to the shot it doesn't have to be but intuitives again because their minds sees things as holes and shapes um, do a little better with a draw or fade gives them just a little clearer direction and what they're going to do. Uh, so I would have them hit five one way, five the other, and just again, kind of see the results because usually the results will speak for themselves and you'll see just how they're operating. And then, you know, you just kind of ask them like, you know, what actually felt more comfortable? What do you feel like you can do on, on a regular basis? And they'll mm-hmm. know right away. I mean, you'll, I mean, if you go do that tomorrow yourself, Steve, like you'll, you'll feel it right away. Like which one you're more comfortable with. Well, I think so fascinating about all this is that someone could be struggling with their game and and they could just be thinking that it's you know, this a swing flaw or it's something in my mechanics. But in reality, their struggles could just be coming from from how they're thinking. And you mm-hmm. just shed so much light on that. That's amazing. Well, most most of the time it is. I mean, so here's here's a way to to really just be totally bluntly honest about it if you're hitting it awful on the range with no pressure then it's uh, it's probably a mechanical issue right if you can sit there and stripe it on the range you can hit gray shots and you go on the course you go under pressure and and something's not right then that is uh, totally how you're thinking because our Mm -hmm. thoughts essentially dictate everything going on in our body you know so i mean to give you a kind of an example we use a lot is take like a roller coaster for example you know, a roller coaster can be their big, bad, scary roller coaster, but it's not really like the roller coaster that's stressing anybody out. It's our internal reaction to that. So people can freak themselves out and their body can get into this anxiety state just from how they're internalizing what they're seeing versus another person's like, whoa, I'm really excited to do that. That would be awesome to go on. So again, those are two totally different states of body, states of mind. But again, like just seeing a target the wrong way or something can induce that state of anxiety, can induce that state of stress. And again, we can be at this level of stress at even a very small level, but that cortisol and tension that it's creating in the body and the clutter and the activity in the mind is still going to just slow down the processing enough to where you can just block a shot or slice a shot or something that just throws off what you've trained yourself to do. So essentially getting, learning to get rid of the stress and, and to put our mind in an optimal way of thinking is, you know, that's what it takes to get the mind to process the swing and, and do it at a very fluid state and, you know, optimal state, I guess, which is why, and I, I'm sure you've done this. I'm sure you've coached players and heard them say this, but when anybody has a breakout round, just their best ever, they're always, every single time, like that just felt so easy. Yes. It just felt so easy. Why can't I do that all the time? And the reason it's easy is because we're tapping into these things and we're out there very calm, relaxed state of awareness. We just have no clue how we did it. 
Mm-hmm. And I've asked that myself that question throughout the entirety of my playing career. I was like, why? Like, why one day did I shoot 66 <laughs> and the next day literally was 78? Like, what yeah. in the heck? But I did what everybody else did and I ran into the range, try to fix my swing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been with many a student and, uh, you know, they, they come to me and they say, Steve, I'm hitting it great on the range, but I get to the, I get to the golf course and, uh, it just falls apart. And I, and I tell them, you know, Hey, it's something going on in the brain. It's something going on mentally. Cause clearly you have the ability to do it. Cause you're doing it here with me. Now you're doing it when you're out practicing, but you're, you're not translating that to the, to the golf course. And again, that's what makes me so fascinated about your concept is that it's diving into that mental aspect that too many people don't think about. And so uh, I'm, I'm highly encouraging any listener to please go out and, and research what Kyle's talking about. Go to the website and take the evaluations because it's the step forward that they need to take to, to improve their game and, and maybe tap into something they never thought they could do. Yeah. You know, and, and the crazy thing is too, is I think mental games always got this, um, I don't know if stigma is the right word, but yeah. it's always got this rep for like better players mm-hmm. where we've seen some of the greatest gains with this, with, with the amateur player. I mean, we oh, get I a bet. lot of messages of people just going through our online programs. Like, you know, I went from a 15 to a eight or, you know, a 20 to a 12 or something just by, you know, I mean, we've got some really cool ones again, just by the extra introvert thing. And, you know, just how I was seeing targets people like this explains so much of why I just always felt so uncomfortable over the ball. Um, and again, I say this very humbly. It's like, again, so I'm not the creator of this. I'm just fortunate to be able to, to have learned it and spread the word. And, um, mm-hmm. it's just like, like you said, I mean, I, I was, I'm still fascinated by it. Um, you know, seeing the, the links to it every single day is, is just, is cool. It just makes me smile because it, it helps people at a, at a very, a much deeper level because again looking back like i always thought that deep level was how much knowledge i had of the swing and again that's still very helpful i mean that's that's we need the great mechanical coaches and there needs to be that stuff there to help make this easier for players but sure you know there's some pretty jacked up swings out there that play really well i mean i had a buddy in college that would take money from me constantly with one of the ugliest looking swings and it just drove me absolutely bonkers (laughs) But he had a strong mind. I mean, he was always trash talking. He was always very confident, and he knew exactly where the ball was going every time. He's like, "I don't care what it looks like." He's like, "I'm beating you every time." Yeah. <laughs> so he would be the extrovert golfer, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, hundred percent, almost yeah. annoyingly so. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening, are you an intuitive golfer? Are you a sensory golfer? Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? You'll find out. Go to their website. It's the the mentalgolftype.com. Again, mentalgolftype dot com go on there take the assessment once they do that kyle and they determine okay i'm this or i'm that what's the next step from there how can they implement the knowledge into their game do they subscribe do they take an online course how does that work yeah so we start everybody with just you know some intro free content so they could really dip their toes into it and understand a couple things we have some lessons uh, free lessons in there of actually like me doing this with players so they can see it real time. Um, so we have some really cool free stuff in there. We have a little mini course called the peak performance paradigm, which explains a lot of the states of the mind, states of the body, why this stuff's important. So that stuff all kind of just intro as you take the assessment, you can get access to these, these free things. But then yes, if you really want to learn it, we have 
a library of courses, the main one being you know, mental golf type level one master training, which takes them through each one of these facets and how that applies to them. It gives them a really step-by-step, like, you know, this is what you're, you know, this is kind of how this operates. These are the, these are good things for you and warning signs of stress and how to get out of them. And then we have a couple of courses too, on what we call the consistency formula, which we teach players how to develop a really high level shot process. Uh, we call it a shot process instead of a pre-shot routine, but you know, really, um, how to kind of layer these thoughts and what you should be thinking and doing in each zone to put yourself into an optimal state of mind. We have a course on, you know, best practice um, programs for specific personality types and how to really structure practice to make it really effective. Um, and then we just released some stuff, which is really cool too. Of, we call it mental fitness, which is some audio programs to really help um, when you're not on the course, but really help you know, kind of conditions. So like for the really competitive players and things that really want to build a strong subconscious and a lot of confidence, we have some audio programs that they can just kind of listen to. And um, it's essentially affirmations and guided meditation, but those things are, those are excellent and have been very highly rated. So we just released those too. So we have like a full library of things people can go to uh, depending on how much of it they want to learn. I mean, a lot of people just do the level one course and, and, I mean, just do really, really well with it. Um, so that's that's kind of the program there. Well, at the time of recording this, we're, we're starting to go into the fall months, working our way into winter. I mean, an absolute perfect time to work on your mental game, in my opinion. You can't maybe can't get out, depending on where you're living. Maybe you can't get out and work on your swing. Hey, work on your mental game, right? Mm, yeah, especially with, like, the audios. I mean, those things are so good to do, especially now. because I mean, it takes a little time to recondition some belief patterns. <laughs> sure. Um, but that stuff's good, but, you know, learning how to, you know, even just kind of dry runs of a shot process, you know, just going through the motions, even if you can't hit a ball, I mean, that goes a long, long ways. Um, and again, I'm somebody who came from a really small town of Michigan. So I had to be very creative with how to practice in the winter. You know, there was a lot of times where I just had to imitate swings and not actually hit. And I would do it because I mm-hmm. just was like, I have to do something because there's kids in California and Florida that are getting reps every day and I'm not. Right. Um, so I can tell you firsthand that stuff is, is very valuable for the people willing to do it. But yeah, I mean, imp- learning to implement these things right away. And it's, it's not really that daunting of a task because these are things that players already do. And this is already who they are. It's just putting some blueprint, a blueprint behind it and saying like, look, this is, this is who you are and how you operate. Like, let's tap into that. And mm-hmm. again, they're going to know some of these things right back. It's like, Oh yeah, I remember doing that when I played well. So it's just giving them some like a real guidance of, you know, this is the best way of thinking for you versus not. And it's just, in my opinion, just saves years and years of searching for different things and ways and um, some rabbit holes. We, we both know <laughs> players can go down. Oh, absolutely. If you want to get a uh, behind the scenes look at, at how Kyle implements his teaching, you have some videos on the website uh, under the quest to be the best uh, section on there. I, I was really, really fascinated by that. I watched those videos, just watching you work with those, those young ladies on, on their golf game and, and implementing things and, and asking them questions, I thought was extremely helpful and very, very entertaining. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was a, it was a show I kind of put together for fun with the first season uh, with Tess, who's wildly entertaining if you watch <laughs> that first yes. one. But yes, you know, it was like, you know, she's, you know, trying, giving it a run to play. 
Yeah. Um, no, she's not the best player in the world. So it's like, let's, let's see how far you can go with this. And I mean, she just made it pretty far in the second stage of Q school this year, which was pretty cool. So she'll have That's a great. full season of Symmetra next year. Um, but she's probably, I mean, she's more than likely going to end up from broadcasting or something. Cause she's just kind of fast, uh, just an amazing personality and so much. Very extrovert but... too. I noticed that very oh extra. She, she talks about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a fun thing, fun thing to do. I mean, I, I just, I love doing video stuff as a hobby anyway. So um, it was kind of cool and, you know, got some good feedback. So we did it for a second season and we're going to start working on a third one and, you know, whether it grows or not, it's, it's still fun to do and, and show that side of being able to actually work with the players. I, I, to me, that's a, that's a good way of learning. I've always liked to just see it in action. So I was like, yeah, oh, you know what the hell we'll just, we'll kind of make a little show out of it. Yeah, same here. I mean, when I watch those videos, I really related more to your concept by just seeing you and hearing you walk through that with them. So I thought it was fantastic and highly encourage the listeners to go out there and watch those. Well, Kyle, where can they find you on social media? So Instagram's where we do most of our stuff. Um, just mental underscore golf underscore type. That's where but the majority of the content, we do have some stuff on Facebook, but I, again, a big piece is kind of growing the YouTube channel. So we're releasing videos weekly on YouTube, um, of instructional stuff. There's, it's going to be, you know, again, quest to be the best is on there. There'll be more seasons of that coming with, with different personality types. So we get a whole wide range of just, you know, the differences and relating to different players. So, um, so YouTube, Instagram, those are kind of our, our biggest platform. So we'd love to have anybody follow along with us if they'd like to. And again, go to their website, mentalgolftype.com. You will not be disappointed in going through this. I highly encourage you to, as soon as you end this podcast, go out there, type it in to your web browser, pull it up, take the assessment. Uh, again, you will not be disappointed. Kyle, thank you so very much. What you got going on, man, is is absolutely fascinating. It's wonderful. Congratulations on all the success you've had with this and, 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 and going forward, I wish you all the best. And, uh, uh, man, you, you, you've really tapped into something great and you're helping so many golfers at the same time. So again, congrats. Well, thanks. Dave. I appreciate you having me on and it's, it's great to see what you're doing with your show and, uh, best of luck to you as, as well. And if there's anything we can do to help you, please, please let us know. All right. Thanks, Kyle. There's a perfect shot out there trying to find each and every one of us. All we got to do is get ourselves out of this way let it choose us congratulations on completing yet another episode of the go forth and golf podcast i greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to push that play button i know you have a lot of stuff going on you didn't have to do it but you did do it so thank you so very much i hope that interview that i did with kyle really helped enlighten you about the mental side of the game and how to figure out your personality type and get out there and play better golf if you want to, go back and listen to that episode again. It doesn't hurt to, to go back and, and maybe pick up on something that you didn't hear. And, of course, passing it on to somebody you know that this could help. So really help me spread the word about the podcast. It's tremendously appreciated. Share this podcast on your social media page. If you tag me, tag at GoForthGolfInstruction or my personal account, which is S go forth underscore pga on instagram i'm going to put you into a drawing for a free dozen tailor-made tp5 golf balls so again go out there share me i'll see that tag if you tag me in it and if you do again you'll be in that drawing to win that dozen golf balls good luck to you on that if you feel like i deserve it go out there and give me a five-star rating on the apple platform by doing that what that does it just 
gets other eyeballs on the Go Forth and Golf podcast. The more ratings you have, the more people can see it when they search golf podcast, for example. So your help on that is greatly appreciated. And if you feel like I deserve it even more so, you know, give me a good review. I would really, really appreciate that. Positive reviews can also help with that and that exposure and getting out there. So again, thank you for your consideration on that. The next episode is going to drop on December 1st, Wednesday, December 1st. That's that first Wednesday in the month of December. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, in the intro, I'm going to have some really good topics for you on that episode. So you don't want to miss it. One of those being how to hit the sweet spot on your clubs more. We all want to do that. So make sure you listen to that podcast. I'm going to give you some tips on increasing your chances of hitting that sweet spot. Again, I can't thank you enough for your support. Thank you to all those that come up to me and said that they listen to the podcast, they enjoy the podcast. Listen, that that means more to me than you can possibly imagine. So thank you so much. And again, spread the word. Tell people you know about it. I really appreciate that. Until the next episode, I hope you hit your jobs long and straight. I hope you hit more greens and regulation. I hope you drain more putts. And most of all, I hope you get out there and you have a good time. Whether you're out there by yourself, whether you're out there with a family member, whether you're out there with your golfing buddies, get out there, have fun. Don't ever lose sight of that. Don't forget to do something nice for somebody today. It's going to make you feel really, really good to do that. And remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game.